0: Welcome to the Reconstructing Healthcare podcast, a show where we discuss what's wrong with healthcare and talk with innovative companies disrupting the health insurance marketplace. Join us as we explore strategies to help employers lower healthcare costs and build a better health plan. Now, here's your host, Michael Maneri. Hello, this is Michael Maneri, and I want to welcome everyone to the Reconstructing Healthcare podcast. Today, our guest is Jeff Bernhard from Continental Benefits. Jeff, welcome to the show. Thanks, Mike. Here's our game plan. You know, what we seek to do here on the show is challenge the status quo and educate our audience on non-traditional methods to lower healthcare costs and improve value for their employees. Sound like something you'd like to help with? all in. All in, my friend. Well, to get us started, I'm going to read a brief bio about you so our audience has a little bit of context about who they're listening to, and then we'll jump into the interview. So Jeff Bernhardt is the president of Continental Benefits. Continental Benefits is a full service third party administrator focused on decreasing healthcare costs with an aim at disrupting the market to provide sustainable programs for sophisticated large employers across the country. Prior to joining Continental Benefits, Jeff spent over 20 years at Aetna building and leading teams that sell to and service the largest employers in the United States. And when Jeff's not trying to fix healthcare in America, He is an avid gardener with his own YouTube channel, The Executive Gardener, which I did check out over the weekend. If I ever uh, get into gardening, I know the the resource where to go. You know, you spent a long time on the carrier side with one of the biggest insurance companies in the United States. So let's start off with what caused you to leave Aetna and join Continental Benefits.
1: Yeah, so I did, uh, as you point out, I worked for uh, Aetna for 21 years. It wasn't uh, my own doing, but I think it was probably the best thing that happened, so as Aetna went through a number of acquisitions, the most recently being Coventry. They made a decision to move away from the big regional models and get into local markets. And in doing that, I had a large regional role. So I was in charge of uh, public and labor, pretty much for most of the country, Ohio and West. And at that point in time, they wanted to go to local markets. So I had the opportunity of getting a severance package and starting something new. One of my employees told me something very interesting, Michael, after I left, which is that probably the best thing that happened to you because you never would have left on your own. Meaning that I have a tremendous, fierce loyalty for the people who work for me that I brought on board. And I fully believe in the captain should be the last to leave the ship. So anyway, they, they took care of that. Obviously, Hatton is a great company. They uh, had a great severance And gave me an opportunity to do something different. So after I left, as you can imagine, I got uh, calls from uh, the normal Buga channels. And at that point in time, I thought 21 years was enough working for a, a big healthcare company. I wanted to do something more entrepreneurial. Anybody who knows me knows that the success my teams have had have been around doing things different in a carrier setting. So I wanted to set out to do that. So long story short, I joined up with one of the, the first people that started up Continental Benefits, a third-party administrator back in 2014. So to answer your question, long and short of as I wanted to do something different. I didn't think that the solution to health care would be found in a traditional carrier setting. So that's why I'm here. Good, we'll,
0: we'll dive into that a little bit more. But before we do, I wanna start at the macro level. We have a healthcare system that consumes more and more of our disposable income year after year, you know, effectively making us poorer as a society because it eats up capital that could be spent better places uh, in the economy. So tell me in your words, what's wrong with our healthcare system and why do you think costs continue to increase like they do?
1: Wow, I wish we had five hours or 10 hours to go through it. But look, I'll speak to it. There's many different avenues of where you could head for problems. Let me speak to it from an employer-based system, okay? Because I'll stay out of Medicare and Medicaid. So the long story short of it is that I think that employers have done the best they can do for the past 10 years, but they simply have not shown that there's a better option. So in some ways, they've been a little bit lulled to sleep with the current options that have been in place. And as a result, many times their consultants are following the same lead. Part of it is to blame with the employers. I think part is to blame with us, you and me as the consumers. We've been blinded to it. Part is to be blamed with what's going on in society with the obesity that's going on and the lack of health. And then uh, I also think some providers are to blame, too, because there's an overall lack of transparency. There's a lot to blame. So the long story short is everybody in the plan-sponsored equation shares a piece of it. The carriers, the consultants, the employees, the plan-sponsors, TPAs. And there's equal blame to go around. But as I say, Michael, I'm not here to point fingers at anybody. Continental and myself is here to solve it. So many of the people that are listening realize I just – Uh, celebrating a milestone birthday. So I have 20 years to fix the system. I obviously won't do it alone, but with good people like yourself and your listeners, there's a huge grassroots movement occurring now to get it done. But as we go through this podcast, uh, we'll we'll get in deeper as to how we fix some of the problems.
0: And I think that's a good transition into, you know, your company and specifically what you guys do. So you're a TPA. From the standpoint of a TPA, what problem are you trying to solve and, and how are you trying to be different in the marketplace? Great
1: question. So when I came out from Aetna and then I went to the TPA, it was like being a kid in a candy store because we had all these solutions that we could use that sometimes you can't use in a traditional bundled carrier setting. So we got a little bit out of control with all these different options, and we really boiled it down to three things. So what we're trying to solve for are reduced spend, number one. Two is improved outcomes and sleep is a better experience, okay? That's it. And if it doesn't fit into those three things as a company, we're not interested. But the bottom line is that we all know that healthcare spend is not sustainable, so we've got to bring real-type solutions to bring better into control. Number two, outcomes are not where they need to be from a health and a financial perspective. We've put the tools in place to make that happen. And then number three is that in general, if you look at the uh, uh, net promoter scores for the healthcare industry, it's, it's uh, right there uh, among the lowest tied uh, with single digit. So we could do a lot better. We just haven't done so. And Continental Benefits aims to create that better boutique experience. It's
0: interesting, you know, cost, consumer experience and outcomes is what you you just mentioned. And I was speaking at a few events last week, and one of the things I was discussing was this question of why, you know, why healthcare costs go up in the first place at at three to six times traditional inflation. And, you know, one, one of the things we were discussing was some of the deficiencies inherent in the network discount model and all of the price variation that exists in that type of model. Actually, in my opinion, you know, the network discount model actually enables a lot of the inflation that we see. But I don't see a lot of TPAs doing a lot to address this. I mean, to me, most of them are simply offering a network, paying claims and selling some services. So, what are you doing specifically to help employers reduce costs?
1: Let me break it down in three avenues. So, first and foremost, we are okay with PPO networks. So we do partner with Aetna, we do partner with Cigna, and we do partner with Anthem in some states, and we do partner with some regional strong PPO networks. So to me, the PPOs are not the problem, okay? I think the problem partially to what you talked about is this, I call it funny money, this this feeling that there's a build charge out there and you get a 55% discount, and that's a good deal. That does not tell you what you just spoke about, the why, the where, the when, the how, okay? So I'll get into that in a second, but it's proven. I've had the great fortune to work with some great teams of people and have sold the biggest companies in States in America. Uh, I I tell you, truthfully, I swear to you, better discounts by 1% or 2% never lead to lower spend. There's that feeling, okay? So that's kind of a facade. And again, to your point, a lot of companies – being irresponsible not by not digging deeper so you're asking me all right Jeff so what are you doing so the first thing that we're doing is we're simply putting a practical solution together which is paying attention to more claims so when you work for a carrier they have uh something called an auto adjudication rate which means how many of the claims that come in don't see any humans aren't evaluated by humans and they go out Mm -hmm. as quick as they came in so the answer to that is somewhere between 80 and 90%, and that's the your equivalent of you looking at your credit card statement summary and not looking at any the details. Nobody does that, but the carriers certainly do that. So what we've decided to do is, and by the way, they look at a threshold. So if it's, let's just say, for example, the average is $25,000, if a PPO network claim comes in, if it's below 25000 no one typically looks at it that they may have services after the fact that try to collect it, but then we'll charge you 40% to get it back. So what we do is we bring that threshold with our technology, process and vendors down to $5,000. We find, and we've proven with a case study, Mike, that 42% of the claim dollars are found between $5,000 and $20,000. 42%. So that's how we catapult our savings for our members, and uh, we just find more claims. now. On an out-of-network perspective, and I'm talking about radiologists, anesthesiologists, ER docs, pathologists, they find their way onto an in-network bill, we go down to $1,000. Our net effective discount savings for out-of-network bill charges, like I mentioned, is 60%, six zero. That's after the vendor that takes their 25% for, for fighting for the client. So the solutions I tell you are simply practical. We do what we say, and we say what we're going to do, and it's, it's practical. And that's where we've made it. So typically when a blue or United or that, a carrier company comes to us, they go backwards 10% in claims. So they negate to 6%. They go back 10%. When you look at the overall, if you ask me overall, how much savings and errors in the states are you getting out from your medical bill review? It's typically 8 to 10% over and above that unit cost, over and above that PPO unit cost. So it's significant. It's not low dollars. So that's, that's the first one that we're doing. Secondly, is we're real focused on technology reporting. Now, we happen to use the GearWalk analytic platform. So uh, mm-hmm. everything that goes on within a population, we can take the information, make it insightful, predictive, and actionable for the client and the consultant. Healthcare can completely be fixed if you understand the roadmap or the GPS to get where you need to go. Typically, what we hear from clients who are 5,000, 10,000 is, you know, and I'm just using this as an example, Blue Cross doesn't give me my data, so I don't have any idea. Whether that's true or not, I don't know, but that's typically what we hear. With a TPA like this, uh, there's not going to be a lack of data or what to do with that data. The question is, where do we start? <laughs> is it the diabetics? Is it the emergency room? Is it the dialysis? Uh, and we work with big consultants like you all we are able to do that. Um, the third thing, which is what we just launched, is that we are bringing transparency to a whole new level like it's never been done before. We're calling this our top care program. This is a partnered product between Continental, Compass Professional Health Solutions out of Dallas, which is an advocacy company, Wantros, a big data company, uh, and a few other entities. So long story, what we're doing is that when we mm-hmm. see companies that are saying, like a blue cross, that saying I'm transparent, What they're saying is that I will give you pricing for this MRI versus that MRI. What we realize is lacking is quality transparency. So we're actually building this on top of our plans at a very affordable rate. And a member, for through Second Opinion, anytime they need a surgery, whether it's an orthopedic surgery or a cardiothoracic surgery, they will find out, in your example, in Orange County, California who the number one orthopedic surgeon is for hips in that area based on CMS quality data, objective data, which is gathered by Quantros. So I've never met anybody who wants to see the 50th ranked uh, orthopedic surgeon for hips versus the number one. The problem, is, if you could tell me, Mike, now, how do you find that information out? It doesn't exist. Carriers don't give it out. Nobody gives it out.
0: No. No, that's, I think, probably one of the biggest barriers to effective shopping in healthcare is a lack of price transparency, but also lack of quality information because people don't want to go to the surgeon who's ranked in the 50th percentile. So that makes
1: yeah, sense. You're exactly right. And I found this out. You know, it really kind of hits you across the head when you have a personal experience and you try to help mm-hmm. somebody in your family or a friend find an orthopedic surgeon or a cardiothoracic and you realize that all you get is subjective measures, such as, you know, I know a great person, he treated so-and-so, or I went to medical school. But you need to know how they rank in quality. So what we do is we take uh, Quantro CMS data, with the five measures, and we also use compass data. We match it up against each other, and we use that as a method to determine the top-rated specialist in that area. And if a member uses that position, our advocacy services, we then waive a deductible, or we make the coinsurance less if it's an HSA plan. High quality always leads to lower cost. So those are some of the things that we're doing to continue to drive down costs.
0: Okay, so back to the process of looking at claims over like a $5,000 level versus some of the larger carriers who are only looking at claims over $25,000. And so essentially what I heard you say was that by looking at those claims on a more detailed basis, you're finding more errors in the claim. Yes. And as a result of the more thorough review of the claim, you're seeing anywhere from 8 to 10% additional savings because you're not paying for things that you shouldn't be paying for in the first place.
1: This as simple as that. That's exactly right. It's using a finder tooth comb to comb through it. Now let me let me just clarify something. Etna is a great partner. They allow us to do this. It's done prepayment, so before it leaves the the client's bank account or the employer's bank account. Now, we can only question whether it's an error or mistake. We can't question whether the contract is reasonable. Now, on the outer network side, we can question whether it's reasonable because we see some Mm -hmm. egregious note billing. So if you look at the two, that 8 to 10%, half comes from errors and mistakes on top of the PPO. And the other half, even though they're not a lot of claims, they're high dollars, uh, they come from the outer network charges. Got
0: it. Got it. And then what you just talked about was your top care program, right? So to me, you mentioned second opinion. And so we've interviewed a number of other vendors on the show who provide that service. Um, Most recently it was grand rounds. And so um, it sounds like this is a second opinion service to equip the employee with quality information and price transparency information, you know, to help them get the best quality and, and cost available to them. And then integrating an incentive in the benefit design to drive them to, to do that second opinion via lower co-pays or waived coinsurance, etc so
1: that's actually half the story so uh you would be very similar so now is that uh, second opinions it's not a new option out there but it is a new option for a tpa itself to do it and then yes create an advocacy service so what we do after we've located, in your example, the highest-rated doctor for that person to see, we take care of the member responsibilities. We then go to the next level, which is we negotiate cash payment prices. We negotiate all-in bundled payments. So once we cross the threshold for quality, then we go searching for efficiency. So we have three bundled payment vendors that we currently use with our product. Mm-hmm. That's behind the scenes. Again, as long as that surgeon that we've selected is willing to accept a bundled payment, also perhaps it's able to be done in the ambulatory surgical center. many things, as you know, Michael, aren't able to be done under a bundle, so they will have to be done in the hospital. We do have a vendor that uh, negotiates the cash pay price. So in general, not only do you get the top quality, but you'll be able to get a uh, unit cost that we think to be 30 to 50% less than what a book, book a contract will accomplish. That's all packaged together. And the last thing I wanted to say is that you do have a health professional that navigates around the whole system for you, the pre-cert, the post-discharge, all that. Other thing I'm telling you is too complicated for the average consumer to do, but when you have someone that walks you along the process and coordinates everything, that's a great experience and that's what we're doing.
0: Okay. A couple of things here. One, you're using Compass Professional Health Services as that sort of healthcare navigator. And our audience yes. is familiar with Compass. We interviewed Dr. Eric Bricker maybe six months ago. And so I want to go back into what you just mentioned with regard to getting the most efficient price, because now we're talking about value-based reimbursement, you know, exactly. looking at at bundled pricing and, and cash pricing. We did an analysis for one of our self-insured clients looking at what bundled pricing at an ambulatory surgical center would be versus where their claims were actually incurred over the last 12 months, mostly at facilities, the savings would have been 65%. So huge, huge, huge. And so it seems to me that in addition to the the medical bill review, the fact that you have integrated value-based reimbursement programs, it seems to me that would drive some additional savings for an employer relative to what they're currently paying.
1: Huge savings. You know, so so this was the way we designed it. You know, if you look at the patient psyche, we couldn't sell this product if you'd it efficiency first, in my opinion. I think you got to leave with quality, and then you would go to efficiency. So, you know, the problem that I've, and I don't have anything wrong with the companies out there, but if you look at what a broker sells, they start and they end with a discount. What we're saying is let's use that PPO discount in, in quotations uh, as your safety net. So it won't be any worse than that. But let's try to get to your point, 30 to 60% better. And by the way, on top of that, give you one of the top 5% providers based on objective outcome data. To me, that's a winning situation, and I haven't met anybody that doesn't agree. Everything I'm telling you, again, I keep going back to this word is, is is practical, okay? It's common sense. But to me, it's a shame that the industry up until now hasn't brought these metrics all in one to a provider because it can be done, but for various conflicts in the system in the channel, it's not done. So that's what a company like Continental does. It is an innovator, it's a disruptor. So when I get very angry when I hear people talk about transparency, because just about anybody can give you a price out there. But can you give the individual quality for that hospital, for that ASC, and for that doctor behind that? not. Why not? And uh, that's when you get into some interesting discussions, right?
0: Yep. Yep. Absolutely. And and, uh, I mean, there's just not a lot of promotion of of that type of information out there right now and getting it is extremely difficult. So I think that's a valuable service to try to bring to an employee because look, at the end of the day, we all want high quality care, right? Sure. And, and I think most of us would want to know that the person that we're going to going to for a particular surgery is actually good at that surgery, you know? But, kind of uh, important. Kind of important, but you know, it was interesting. One of the things we talked about last week at a conference where I was speaking at is one of the obstacles to that you know, There's this patience, I think, anxiety or insecurity because their first instinct, if they don't have an alternative incentive or tool or service to help them, is to trust the practice referral pattern of their physician. That physician may be referring to facility that's just around the corner, or maybe they have a business affiliation. There's generally no quality uh, or cost component to a provider referral.
1: It's exactly why we started the program. And to be honest with you, Michael, I think that as we start to go upstream and start focusing on larger employers with 10,000, 5,000 employees, this top care is actually the piece that gets people, they fundamentally get it now. Like they're kind of like, here's my example. So if I actually showed you quality scores of all orthopedic surgeons at Houston, Texas, and I know there's 120 of them that operate on uh, knees. Uh, the average consumer will be terrified when you see. So, the top rating is 99.9, and it, then it goes, the second page, it goes down pretty quick. To the point, the last three pages, the last 25%, our scores are scores of between 4% and 20% quality rating. So, what good is a 55% discount on a doctor that's got a quality rating of 20%? Because there's reimbursement, there's infections, there's complications, and it's objective data. So, I agree with
0: you ton of innovation in the marketplace happening right now. And I think one of the shortcomings of certainly the large ASO carriers, certain TPAs is this notion, which I think is a little arrogant that, you know, <laughs> one vendor can do everything the best, right? Yeah. And what that leads to is kind of a closed platform, right? You, you work with a TPA or an, or an ASO administrator where, you know, they do everything. And it really limits the ability for an employer to take advantage of, you know, some of the innovation that's happening in the marketplace. You know, we've talked with another, you know, TPA on this podcast about being an open source platform and being able to integrate with, you know, vendors that are doing, you know, good things in the marketplace. And let's just say, for example, it's a care management, you know, company. Does does Continental Benefits have the, the flexibility in its platform to be that open source platform and, and work with different uh, vendors, whether it be a telemedicine vendor, you already mentioned the bundle pricing you know, vendor. How is your your platform structured?
1: Yeah, so it's very similar. So we are a web-based system. At the end of the day, we have excellent technology. We are an aggregator. Okay, so we aggregate, integrate, and you know, the best example I could give you is so if I showed you the top hospitals in Houston, which has got a great medical center, the same hospitals wouldn't be the best for orthopedic, neurology, cardiology, and so forth. So it's similar. to you think as a carrier, you'd be the best at everything? PBM. UNCM, um and it's, it's just not possible. Um, that's what we call a generalist. Um, so to answer your question, and to prove your point, not to brag, but just to prove your point, we currently hook up with 20 different PBMs. We hook up with 15 different stop carriers. We have five or six different UMCM companies. We plug and play now. Do we need 20 PBMs? Probably not. You know, Pareto, principle, the eighty-twenty. But we have the ability to do that. And I think as we get to larger type employers, you know, they want the ability to plug and play different boutique solutions. So we bring that ability. But with one one rule, three rules. Number one is it has to fit into either reduced spend, improved outcomes, or better experience. If it doesn't, then I'm not sure it's in best interest of the client. Number two is they have to be all technology and electronic. We're not going to do anything manual. You know, number three is we have to – which really goes with number two is we have to be able to aggregate that data and be yep. able to use it in our deal system to improve outcomes. And most of the vendors uh, that I mentioned all have the ability to do that, as you would imagine, the importance of getting information with care management vendor or PBM.
0: Yep, great, 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 great. So another problem that we we frequently discuss here on the show is is really the complexity of our, our healthcare system. It's funny in, in a presentation I've done, I have a slide where I, I show people the five components in healthcare that drive complexity. And you've got terminology, you know, all, all of the uh, the terms that someone's expected to understand. You know, fragmented system. You know, different names of products and networks and and, and payment methods and even just the insurance component. I mean, so realistically you know, expecting people to be able to successfully navigate the healthcare system on their own. That's a joke. There's just, there's just no way. And that's why most people struggle, have a dissatisfying experience. And to what you mentioned earlier, you know, and, you know, NPS scores, you know, in the industry are incredibly low. So what, what is continental benefits doing to try and create a, a better consumer experience relative to, you know, what has traditionally been very poor in the industry?
1: Yeah, so I think uh, – let me answer that because um, there's really – so we have to look at the constituents we serve, okay? So we can cons- we serve consultants, brokers. We serve the end user. We serve a plan sponsor the employer. And don't forget the provider. So let's start with the provider. We aim to have an average speed of answer of 45 seconds or less for a provider, okay? We give them multiple avenues to verify benefits. You can do it online, you can call the IVR line, or you can call a person. Nobody wants to sit there and wait for 10 minutes. Now, one of the little secrets you'll notice from the carriers is they produce an ASA, but they don't produce the ASA on the provider side. It's only on the member side. Mm-hmm. So it's a little trick of the trade. Uh, we try to get it below 45 seconds because we want to be respectful. Let's remember that uh, their time is valuable too. We try to work with vendors to of prior off quickly and try to make it as easy as possible because another one thing the providers looking to do is what terrified benefits and uh, so we give them multiple multiple avenues and we don 't keep them waiting so that 's that from a plan sponsor employer uh, standpoint uh, we've we 've done a few things to try to improve it. number one is that for clients over two thousand lives and you get to ten thousand lives. We try to create kind of a, a pod of customer service at their own. So I've never met one HR person, one senior VP at benefits that says, I'd like to stick with the day-to-day work uh, and, and deal with the day-to-day issues. So by co because we're a web-based system, by co-locating somebody there with a laptop, they're able to expedite claim payment, triage issues back to us, run reports for people, and work with numerous vendors we want to take the day-to-day of benefits out of the of benefits hands at a company and what's the roi well i don't know the value of someone's time but so you put someone out there that you know fifty thousand dollars a year that's able to be the right hand woman or man for that person we found it to be invaluable and it's only a few dollars extra the reason we started two thousand is there wouldn't be enough for them to do if, unless it's a certain size. Now once you get to ten thousand, fifteen thousand, we can put two or three people out there. But we want to create a different experience and uh bring healthcare local to them versus having to call Tampa or, or call Dallas. So we try to do that. We try to uh we provide what we call an operations response team. So if you have elevated issues you can call like a back phone right away and get an answer. Yep. And this operation response team is like the special forces for Continental. They can go to numerous places and, and, and find a way to get the answer quickly. Because there's going to be issues with everybody. It's how you deal with that issue and how quickly you get it accomplished. The last question, the, the last uh, important uh, uh, component is consumer. Uh, we have excellent tools with our health portal. We try to keep our ASA in less than 30, uh, 30 seconds and hire people that are top quality to answer those questions. But the other thing, which is we go back to is our top care program, which is that Uh, When I did some research and I tried to find out what the conversion rate was for programs like Blue Book and Castlight, so when people actually look and find the price of something online, what's the conversion rate? It was like 5 or 10%. We call that the dog that catches the bumper of the car. So you get it, but you don't know what to do with it. So uh, what we decided to do with Top Care is go to a navigator model and have someone hold you by the hand and navigate through the whole process. To me, that's the way to go. It's just, the system is too complicated. And if people are avoiding care or preventing efficient care or uh, preventing themselves from getting quality care, we want someone to help them with the process.
0: Because you mentioned net promoter score. I mean, is is that something that you guys track at all?
1: We do not with top care because our vendor does. Compass, as you know, does. So that's the vendor. We piggyback off of them. Now we will start doing it because we're a relatively young company for three years. We're yeah. going to start uh, doing that as well. I think it's a great idea.
0: Awesome. Awesome. We've talked about a lot so far. Jeff, are, are there any other services that you're providing to your clients that you think is, is unique that we haven't already mentioned uh, so far?
1: You know, the last thing I would mention is, and I know it's kind of a, a sticky subject for some employers, it really has to do with target population health. Again, we go back to a practical issue because we, our system, we know exactly who is complying and not complying with their chronic condition. Uh, We get data on a weekly basis from all the vendors that we have. For example, if we have 400 diabetics in a population, we know, we'll know on a weekly basis, the 200 of them, we can click on something and see their names and we can see what medicines are on, who's the provider. So what we try to do is with that information, we do outbound to the member try to get them engaged, we use incentives with the employer. The biggest piece that we do is once we connect with a member, with an RN on an outbound call, we then get a sign off to work with their provider. The missing piece of, to me, targeted pop health has been we have not engaged the member's doctor. That is the person that they trust, not the TPA, not the insurance company. So if what we're trying to do is if you're a diabetic, Michael, You see your doctor every three months for 10 minutes. hate to break the news, but that's not enough to manage a chronic condition. What they need is, so what we try to do is we try to build a command center around the attending doctor and the patient and fill the gap in between when they go to the doctor, the cost of the program is anywhere from 9 to $12. It's ongoing. It's unlimited outbound calls. Sometimes we use monitoring with biometric devices. But the idea of the program is to build trust for the patient, coach the patient, and take that information and give the provider, the doctor, those notes. So the next time they go in, they know how the, blood, uh, the hemoglobin A1C is running. And then we should take that. We'll be able to take that. And the diabetic, they have 15 things they need to do. Um, retinal eye exam, neuropathy, all that, we can see what where we're moving the needle and we can accomplish it. And it's really hand-to-hand combat. We do it one at a time, but it is those people, there's no question you know it, that yes. are costing the plant
0: money. Oh, yeah. Significant three to four times more the average spend for your your non-diabetic in the population, for sure.
1: Yeah, and, and but, but, you have know, CAD, COPD, all the other conditions as well. So uh, we, we Try to treat people like they don't have diseases, but uh, there's more of an opportunity because everybody wants to be well, especially those people.
0: Let's talk, you know, cost savings. In general, you know, an employer who's working with Continental Benefits, you know, relative to a traditional TPA or, or ASO carrier, what percentage savings might they expect to see relative to what they're currently paying today?
1: I would say uh, despite having a crazy year where you have large claimants, you would 5 to 15%. I would say that's kind of what we have right now. If you put some of the other options that we talked about, um, such as the targeted pop health, but that's just in year one, so 5 to 15%. And the reason I leave pop health out is that that takes a few years to get going. Uh, but I'm just talking, get people to the right place, right time, and remove the waste out of the system and use your data. To improve outcomes, five to 15 easily. And by the way, that's not, that's not, you know, and I'm not against reference based plans, but that's not moving everybody off their PPO. We can yeah. still give you 99% match, quicker, better, faster, stronger. That's it.
0: It's interesting. It's such a different conversation than I think most brokers and consultants are having with their clients. Traditionally, it's been, you know, okay, well, what network are we going to use, right? And and if that worked, you know, we wouldn't see this horrible trend line that continues to go up, right? I think it's a conversation that uh, instigates a little bit more in the industry. There are things that we can do to address the waste in the system that have nothing to do with network discounts.
1: Yeah, let me, let me tell you something. I may get in trouble for saying this, but you know me. I haven't ever held back. Uh, and I'm going to say it tactfully. There's a great opportunity for firms like yours, Michael, who I call our big national firms that haven't been necessarily referred to as the alphabet houses, to take back this business. Because when I go to the traditional big three alphabet firms, all they care about is discounts and what we've been doing. It's like driving a car and looking through your rearview mirror. If you actually will look at the front windshield, you'll see there's a whole new world out there. And I'm telling you, you know I'm pretty prevalent in the speaking scene like you and LinkedIn. 20,000, 25,000, 30,000 employees are calling me directly. When I ask who their consultants are, they're saying I have the big alphabet houses. When I say, have they brought this to you? No, they haven't. Um, I'm bringing in partners like you all because there's an opportunity for you to grow and get that business. You just said it very well. If what we were doing the past 10 years was working, we wouldn't be in this situation. So every employer, kind of the noose around our neck continues to tighten. You know, the the low margin business are doing something first, uh, but it impacts everybody's bottom line, whether it's a public entity or a corporate situation. I've just, the biggest request I have, if you're a consultant or an employer, pick up your head and look around. Don't be afraid to be a student of the business. From my perspective, my company is not going to sell you anything. Uh, We're here to inform if the data works, it works, right? I mean, the data speaks for itself. And we're willing to put our money where our mouth is. You know, we we sometimes get these questions about, will you give us a discount guarantee? And I say, well, why would you want me to discount a factor? What do you mean? Well, that's just a factor. That's one thing that goes into it. How about if I guarantee results and I guarantee a PEPM result? So, we're willing to put our money where our mouth is and of course we have a lot of case studies uh, are doing it and by the way this is not a uh, this is about continental but there's a lot of good uh, good super TPAs we call out there that are, that are shaking things up as well
0: yeah and, and just to piggyback on what you just said I think what the industry and employers need to get away from is making decisions based on the spreadsheet. Right, because that's the danger with a PBM analysis, that's the danger with, with a TPA analysis, is you're just looking at the spreadsheet and that's not telling the whole story. It's not just about, you know, expected discounts. And certainly that's a dangerous game in the PBM model, but really it's about net cost, you know, what you can do to impact net cost. It's not it's not how good the uh, the numbers you can put on a spreadsheet look. And and unfortunately, unfortunately, that's the way a lot of people are making decisions.
1: So Michael, think about this. And if if you have consultants that listen to this and employers, I want them to just hear this one thing. If you haven't heard anything else, discounts are irrelevant now for a lot of situations. And hear what I'm saying. So what we are doing as Continental is we're using that network discount as a safety net. That's all. That's all it is to make sure that you don't fall. To Michael's point, we're getting you as all your outpatient as much as possible, all your orthopedic, all your gastro, we're going bundled. So I blew up a, a consultant's head the other day when I said to them, what happens when build equals allowed? What's that discount? Is it zero or a hundred? Because it doesn't matter because you're, you're getting 60% less than your your discount with a book or allow. Or what happens when you decide to pay fast with cash? I mean everything, it, it, it doesn't matter anymore because we're going to do everything in our power to get every inpatient, every outpatient procedure in a bundle, in a cash payment with a top quality provider. And that, that kind of sticks a dagger in the whole discount game. And, you know, if people don't believe uh, that the proverbial stake has been put in the ground, then Why is Walmart proposing to buy Humana? Why is Cigna buying ESI? Why is Berkshire saying we don't like the current system anymore? We're going another direction. This is a tremendously exciting time. If you're a consultant uh, or employee, just pick up your head and know that there's other solutions. That's all.
0: Yeah. I think one of the biggest challenges is is just simply inertia. But uh, there's a grassroots movement happening, uh, I think, across the country, and uh, it will gradually pick up steam for sure. Let me ask you another question. You know, when you're out there in the marketplace, you know, talking with either an employer or a consultant, I mean, what are some of the obstacles you've encountered to, to somebody saying yes to implementing your service?
1: You know, I think, I think um, the only obstacle is just uh, inertia or comfort with um, the blue or something like that. It's, you know, I've had it for 15 years. You know, that is the devil you know is better than the devil you don't know. And, you know, I had a I have a plan around that, too. So I look at it as Maslow's hierarchy of needs. You know what I mean? So with an employer, I need to make them feel safe because an HR director, to their defense, doesn't get any attaboy or any promotion for saving money or doing innovative things. They try to keep things quiet, retain talent, attract talent. So what we have to do a better job at TPAs is creating a different customer service safe model. Because they're like, well, it's safe. You have bundles and you have this or that. But, you know, the disruption, eight people can't see the doctor. And the fact of the matter is we can still contract with those folks. So, you know, we, we're, we're, as a TPA, we're still learning. And, uh, but the answer to your question is just pure inertia, pure reflex, that you're used to doing things the same way every time. They would look at the numbers and allow themselves to be open to learning. Uh, It would be an open or shut case, but that takes time. Jeff,
0: what are you most excited about right now in your business? Any things you're working on that you want to share with the audience?
1: I think the most recent thing is what I just told you about top care. For the first time, bringing quality to the table and packaging that with efficiency. Uh, I think we can do a tremendous service to people because at the end of this, we talked a lot about savings and money as a human to person. We're in the people business. I wouldn't want my father, my brother, my sister, anybody to go to a doctor that's rated 20% on quality. I want them going to one that 99% each and every time. And until we make that available to people and have people hold them by the hand with an advocate, I'm not going to rest on it. And I do think that good quality will always lead to better outcomes, period. So that, I'm very passionate about that. And um, yeah, as far as I know, it's, Everything that I described to you has never been done. There's pieces, pieces of it, but not the whole thing yet. So we'll try to pull it off. And then our first cases are coming on this year.
0: Very good. Very good. You also recently started doing a video series with uh, another benefits consultant, Dave Contorno, called Friends yeah. with Benefits. Do you want to tell yeah. our audience
1: a little bit about that? It's a series where we try to focus on solutions in healthcare and not point at the problems. Um, So what we're going to do is we're going to start interviewing some industry people around the country. We're going to bring best practices. Uh, Michael, will probably interview you eventually on our show. But, you know, we're trying to look. I think you said something earlier, which is very relevant. This should be open source. A lot of people say to me, Jeff, are you concerned about other people taking top care and using it? I hope they do. I hope they do. If we lead the way, it leads to better quality and reduced spend. That's great. So this show is a grassroots movement. It's a web-based show where we address some of the issues that are going on. More importantly, provide solutions. Uh, this today, I think we're uh, we're uploading the Dave Chase uh, show, which talks about everything from fiduciary responsibility to the uh, opioid epidemic. So I hope uh, your your fans view in, and you can find us. If you're not hooked up with me on LinkedIn, uh, you'll. Just, it's under Jeff Bernhard, B-E-R-N-H-A-R-D. You'll find me. Very cool. Very cool.
0: All right. So if there was one question that I should have asked you today that uh, that I didn't, what would it be?
1: I think it's what's my end goal. My end goal is to fix healthcare. I'm not going to do it by myself. I'm not going to have a cape. But to join with like-minded people, Michael, like yourself, like Dave Chase, like Dave Contorno, and all your viewers and your listeners from your podcast, let's join together, man. This is a mammoth, right? This is like pushing an aircraft carrier while I'm swimming in the water. It's not going to be fast, but uh, at least for my clock, I had 20 years to do it. But let's let's do something about this. Let's make the system sustainable for our kids and grandkids, because at the current pace, it will all be used up. And I don't think we want to go to a government-run system. I don't think Americans will tolerate it, quite frankly. But let's, that's, that's, that's the end goal is I wake up every day to fix the system, but uh, we need to all your listeners, and others to join this a little bit.
0: Very good. Love it. How can people interested in, in Continental Benefits learn more, and get in touch with you guys?
1: Yeah, so uh, just go to continentalbenefits.com. That's that easy or you know, an easy way. I'm going to make it easy for you. If you're interested in learning about Continental Benefits, send me a message on LinkedIn. I'll get you connected. We have salespeople all over the country, marketing people all over the country. Pick your head up. Look for another solution. You know, We're very selective about consultants or brokers we work with because we don't want to oversaturate the market. We want to give a few people uh, a gun and their quiver of arrows to attack the market. But uh, I look forward to talking to you.
0: All right, very good. Well, on behalf of our listeners, Jeff and myself, I want to thank you for taking uh, time out of your day to join us. I think it's been a great conversation and, and dialogue. And to our listeners, we hope you enjoyed this episode of Reconstructing Healthcare. And with that, we will sign off wherever you're at. We hope you have a great day and we'll talk to you next time. Thanks for listening to this episode of Reconstructing Healthcare. If you liked what you heard here, please subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast app so you never miss an episode. If you're interested in continuing the conversation, please visit us at www.reconstructinghealthcare.com where you can access the show notes for this episode and links to Continental Benefits website and contact information. Lastly, be sure to check out some of the free resources on our website, including links to articles and books, as well as our Health Plan Innovator Scorecard, where you can benchmark your health plan Against a plan that is truly designed to lower healthcare costs and improve value for your employees. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time on the Reconstructing Healthcare Podcast.